Hello, one and all, and welcome to another episode of my RPG podcast. We're back. And we're back with an episode which is going to be more of the format I was kind of hoping for this podcast. It's where there's a little bit of audience interaction. There's uh, going to be some viewer either questions or stories, which are then going to be a supplement to the fact that I'll have like on a guest and a general topic, which will be kind of tied to what the viewer questions and stories are as well. So without further ado, let's jump into our listener and audience first time stories about uh, RPGs. so here we are let's see uh, so I've sent this uh, request out to uh, the reddit as well as the Twitterverse to see if anybody was willing to share their first time stories and I got a number a real non-imaginary number of responses so let's start out with the uh, only and I think the best reddit response out there uh, and that comes from a gentleman named Johnny Bullet with a one H, one H. Uh, he says, I was 15 and I was with my cousin and his friends, all 18 years old. It was late night and we were drinking and having fun. But then a guy came with a super destroyed monster handbook, 3.5 edition, and he started DMing for us. I did not expect it. To, uh, I did not expect that he was a RPG player because he was a bodybuilder. I mean, right there, I'm going to stop you, because that's one of my favorite things about playing RPGs with people. It's seeing people who you would least expect to be into these type of hobbies playing these hobbies, or seeing them play really uh, different characters than what you would assume, uh, presume they would play. Anyway, back to it. So, uh, he did not expect that he, there was an RPG player because he was a bodybuilder. I remember it was a terror theme game, and it was fucking amazing. I got super into D&D after that. And I still remember how good of a DM he was. And that's the main reason I play D&D now. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that's a great story. Uh, he said he was drinking at 15, so I'm assuming he's European. He also mentioned a little bit later that his English is not the best. So I'm assuming he's you know European or just uh, some sort of foreigner. I think it's fantastic when you have uh, a first game that uh, kind of reels you in and, and, and kind of absorbs you into this world you never expected you were going to get into. And I think a lot of stories are going to probably tie back to like a, a great first session that gives people the bug. So that's an awesome one from Johnny Bullet with 1H. Find him on Reddit. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that. All right, let's see what else we got here. All right, so we've got uh, to the email, and the email to send all sorts of messages, questions, or concerns to me is the uh, myrpgpodcast at gmail email, so reach out to me there. So in the email, I've got one here from a J.P. Rackath. J.P. Rackoff. I'm going to say Rackath. Um, I know J.P., actually. He's a great uh, fan, a part of the Critter and Human community. If you don't know what that is, look that up. As well as he's the person who made the graphics and the logo here at my RPG podcast. So let's see what J.P. has to say. It was 1989, and I was 11. I'd heard rumors about this thing called role-playing games, but I couldn't wrap my head around it. So there's no board? It's not like Monopoly? It was all a big mystery. Then I got some new friends, and one of them had RuneQuest, and he knew how to play. So one day we created a character for me, and he ran a small adventure, where I was in a tavern and had to fight an orc. 
I was... It was a mind-blowing experience. It ended with the orc slashing off my leg and my character bleeding to death, but I loved every minute of it. Gaming where the only limit is your imagination? Heck yes, give me all of that. Fantastic, JP. That's also a very like old-school thing, die in your first session. It takes a lot of balls there as a, as a DM to kill a character who just started playing the game, but ultimately I guess it didn't deter JP because he's still playing to this day. And uh, yeah, that's very old-school too. It's 80s, man. Well, late 80s, but still, 80s nonetheless. It's a fantastic time to start, and uh, I'm actually envious of you. I, I Personally, I didn't start until I was at least in my 20s, so you got a, you got an early start there. I love you, lucky bastard. So yeah, thank you very much, JP. That's at JP underscore Rackath on Twitter. J-P-R-A-K-A-T-H. Here we go. We got one more one for you all tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this podcast. We have one from an Alyssa. I think I know this person as well. Alyssa says, I started role-playing because of a boy. Aww. He needed a third player. I thought he was cute. And thus was born Tylin, or Taya to you, thank you, my very first ever character. She was a badass drow rogue who dual-wielded crossbows and threw knives out of boredom. She wasn't sadistic. She just didn't like sitting still. She was my first foray into chaotic neutral. Taya caused problems because she fucking could. Oh, I'm liking this character already. Um, my first ever die roll with Taya was what sealed my fate as a player. My DM had a tradition of buying his new players their first set of dice. So he took me to his favorite shop and helped me pick up a set of purple, green, and blue swirled dice with gold numbering. I still have them. I won't let anybody touch them because it's my first ever... Because my first ever D20 roll was a natural 20... So my whole party was dying, and Taya was their only hope against a fucking pack of rats because, of course, we almost died on our first encounter. There's a theme going on here, man. You guys are real savages when it comes to your first encounters. All right, so um, I'm cuddled up in the corner, terrified, because I can't remember turn order, and the guys and the guys notice me. The DM then reaches over and flicked my dice towards me with his pencil. You have to roll, Allie. Okay. I grabbed the dice. I rolled it around my hands. The ridges were polished down. It felt cool and comfortable in my hand. Not like his game science dice. And the next thing I knew... Holy shit, that's a natural 20! The moment was like finding myself. I knew right then and there that even though I had nerdy tendencies and I tried to hide them, that it was okay to have them. That I could be me. That is a fantastic story, Alyssa. That is brilliant. I think that's uh, your whole thing about finding yourself, kind of opening up and realizing you're super nerdy or into things like that, is uh, completely uh, the reason kind of why DMs try to get more people into this game, because we really think people will enjoy RPGs. And also, like, you have a set of lucky die, and that's fucking awesome too. So yeah, that's the uh, audience input for this episode. Uh, now I'm going to kind of kick it over to past me with our guest, uh, a fantastic kind of renaissance woman, Kim, a.k.a. Mostly Biscuit. So uh, take it away, past on. Welcome one and all to another episode of My RPG Podcast. Today I have Kim, aka Mostly Biscuit, with me. Kim, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kim. As you said, aka Mostly Biscuit. I am a broadcaster and podcaster and writer and voice actress and aka aka aka. There are so many, but basically I'm a freelancer. 
is what it comes down to. A renaissance woman is, I think, another way you can say that. <laughs> that that's a nice way to put it, but yes, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Well, before we jump into kind of my topic, which is, you know, your first RPG experience getting started, I just want a little bit of a background about you, Kim. You listed a whole bunch of credentials there, but, uh, you know, what do you like to do for fun? How did, you know, how do you spend your time? What are your hobbies and professions? Uh, things that I like to do for fun. I like to do my jobs for fun. So I like to write. Um, uh, a lot of times I like to write fiction because I don't get to do that very often. I when I freelance, I write news stories. So those are those can be dry and also sad and depressing. So I like to write the happiest, craziest, fan fictioniest, ridiculous stuff that I can on Tumblr and uh, just have a good time in general with uh, different fandoms. I like anime. <laughs> I, I like video games a lot. Um, I run a site called Esports Source, which is a site about esports. Um, for people who love esports and for people who are writers who love esports in particular. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically what I do. Wow. So you got a perfect little mix there of creativity as well as, you know, you mentioned the fiction as well as the nonfiction. I wanted to actually uh, deep uh, get a little bit deeper into, uh, you mentioned fan fiction. Were there any like fandoms or series in particular that you really loved? Um, well, the first thing that I, I loved that I realized that I loved, loved was Star Wars um, and uh, sort of joining an online fandom. That was my first time doing that. But that was when I was like eight years old. Um, as I got older, I got into Star Trek. Then I started getting into sort of fantasy stuff. And randomly in college, I rediscovered Harry Potter and I started a podcast for that, and it ended up becoming a biggish deal. And I went to all these movie premieres and stuff for it. So I I became a nerd very quickly. I, I did it got out of hand really quickly. That happens a lot with stuff that I like. I just get way too into it, and then I I start getting really involved in it, and it becomes my life for you know two or three years, and then I move on to the next fandom. Yeah, you have kind of a meticulous, obsessive kind of component about when you fall in love with something, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Well, in that same vein, then, uh, you mentioned the, the Star Wars, you mentioned the Star Trek, and you mentioned all that stuff. It seems like there's a little bit of sci-fi bent with some Harry Potter in there. Were there any sort of, you know, high fantasy influence or anything like that at all? Any more wizards and dragons types thing going on? Oh, yeah. I I've... I mean, I became wildly obsessed with Tolkien, um, as every young nerd does. Um, I, I spent a lot of time reading a lot of different books in the high fantasy section, um, but I didn't latch on to them like I had latched on to anything in the Tolkien series. And I became weirdly obsessed with uh, the Cimmerillion and just trying to understand how the elves work, how they deal with things. And um, I don't know. I, I thought that was, I think that's all very cool. So yeah, I've been into the high fantasy, but not so much that, you know, if I were playing a game involving high fantasy, I would remember all the names of the various monsters and so on and so forth. That's still a little beyond me. That's exactly what I was about to ask. I mean, with with this healthy background of fandoms, were there like MMORPGs or any other kind of video game RPGs that you played? Because I could imagine you could love the gamut from Mass Effect to Dragon Age and et cetera, et cetera. 
yeah well as again you know every young nerd does i became uh, into wow everybody told me not to start playing world of warcraft because it would take over my life i listened for a long time and then i gave in one night and i played for eight hours straight and nobody saw me again for months so uh, yeah i've i've played that and a fair share of other mmos you know because i write about video games i play a lot of video games um and mmos happen to be a healthy portion of that as well um love the final fantasy series and i've played just about every single one of those to completion as well so what was your first exposure to tabletop rpgs do you remember um my very first like the first time i heard of a tabletop rpg or the first time i've actually played so, so, so we'll get to that playing in just one second, but when's the first time, you know, somebody was like, hey, we're playing, you know, Vampire the Masquerade or Shadowrun or, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. When's the first time you heard that? Oh, I did not hear that until adulthood. You know, I had heard of Dungeons and Dragons, the actual game itself, as being something satanic and bad and something that everybody on drugs plays Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but that was something that in the 90s in sort of semi-rural Georgia, that was a thing. Um, <laughs> and so I remember Dungeons and Dragons being sort of, you know, illicit and bad. And so I was like, oh man, I don't ever want to play Dungeons and Dragons. That's for the bad kids. Um, and then <laughs> I, I know, and that's incredibly disturbing that i don't even know where that came from because i don't remember my parents ever saying that but i heard it somewhere and it was from some sort of official source to me that made me go okay yes this is truth um but i think the next encounter that i had with dungeons and dragons was in adulthood um i got really into web comics for a while that i'm gonna keep saying i get really into etc for a while that that's what happens um but i got really into web comics for a while and so i was into you know your penny arcades and your pv so on and so forth and i started listening to acquisitions incorporated the original podcast uh that the guys from penny arcade and scott kurtz from pvp did along with chris perkins and that first podcast that blew me away that was awesome I was like, this is what Dungeons and Dragons is? How can you be on drugs and play this? There's too much to remember. This is incredible. So like, yeah, I, I realized that all of that was total bunk and that this game is actually awesome. But that was in, I guess, I don't remember when their first episode was, maybe 2008 or something like that, somewhere around there. So a little bit of a spoiler here. I already know that you didn't start playing until recently. So you had the bug. You had the entrance back in 2008. Why did you wait so long to play? Uh, because of the barrier of having to actually go to other people, like having to get with a group, because I didn't know anyone who played Dungeons & Dragons near me. Like if I go through my friend group, and if I said, hey, guys, let's play Dungeons and Dragons, they would have immediately gotten me checked, you know, taken me to the hospital, thought I had a stroke. Like, they would not have been cool with that at that time. Now, now they they are very, you know, into it geek is chic now. And so they're sort of 
going along with it um, and less likely to freak out about something like Dungeons and Dragons. But at the time, no way could I have asked one of my friends to go and start up a, a game with me someplace. And as for going to like a gaming shop or anything like that, I didn't know that those existed. I, I genuinely like I had never been to a, a place where you could go and just buy dice I didn't know that just board game shops existed. I knew that, you know, there were shops for anime that had like some board game elements in the back and stuff like that. But, and, you know, at your local GameStop, there's always like a little table that has, you know, a few books and stuff that you, nobody ever checked out or nobody ever was over there. They were always getting the video games because it's GameStop. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't have the opportunity. I didn't think... I, I don't know. It seemed like there was just a lot going on and there was just a lot to follow. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to one day I'll do this one day. But for now, I'm really enjoying just listening to other people do it. And that was kind of my experience for the next almost 10 years, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like that's kind of how it went. So you were definitely a late bloomer then. Yep. But what then was the final straw that broke the camel's back and make you actually decide to play an RPG? Critical Role. Hey, uh, that, we know that hey. show. We know that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I started watching that show. I think it was the third episode in, um, and it was on the front page of Twitch. And I had watched some other Dungeons and Dragons shows on Twitch before, and I thought that they were very good. Um, I, for whatever reason, all of their names are escaping me right now. But I can assure you, I'd watched some other ones, and I thought they were pretty darn good. It, but Critical Role, just the added element of them being voice actors, just it, it took it to another level, um, as I don't need to tell you. You know, it's just so, so good. Such high quality acting. Um, the streams, they weren't the most professional. Like, you know, they aren't at the level that they are now, but they were still better than just about anybody else was putting out um, production quality wise. So I don't know. That that was just like being a part of the Critical Role, the Critters community was just enough to sort of tip me to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find some way somehow to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and I said that, and then for the next, I guess, year or so, I still didn't do it until I went to Momocon and I saw the tabletop area that I'd always sort of just kind of ignored. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to sign up for a game. I'm going to do it. See what happens. And I was honestly terrified because I didn't want to be that that person at the table who's very stupid. Um, but every time I played, everybody was super nice. Um, and I it was just like it felt like coming home. It was very it was really a, a nice experience. I don't know. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, as, as just a DM, I kind of always want to know, like, well, what type of character did you play? What was the adventure like? You know, what was your party like? Um, well, for the very first game that we played, um, it wasn't exactly Dungeons and Dragons. This was a game that um, a, a man had made, and I, gosh, I wish I remembered the name of it, but he had created the game himself. 
and he was there basically selling copies of it and um which is another reason why i really really wish i remembered the name but um i it the people that i was playing with none of us knew each other and so it was very much a sort of technical game there was no there wasn't a lot of rp except for me who <laughs> decided that i wanted to play my thief to the fullest extent um and i did and i i just tried not to slow the party down was was my thing i wanted to have fun but i also didn't want it to be like you know people rolling their eyes or anything and in the end the other guys started rping along with me which was great um like they they actually started really trying and i could tell that they were kind of out of their comfort zone with it too but they were really trying to have fun with it and that was really cool um and that all happened within the space of you know two or three hours but it felt like it could have been 30 minutes it was so fun yeah, I, 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 multi, I still, to this day, and I'm very happy that I have this feeling that when a session ends, uh, unless it's like, you know, a slog of a big boss battle or it's particularly uh, emotional RP-wise, then you really feel the weight of it at when we when you finish the session. But typically, a session will end and I'll be like, is that really three hours? Like, oh man, I felt <laughs> like we've been only at it for an hour. I can go for like two, two to four more, who knows? But uh, yeah. yeah, usually when it's fun, they say time flies when you're having fun. But yeah. uh, so so you played in this system that's to be determined. Hopefully, some <laughs> some way we can find out what this is. Like maybe before this goes up, you can tell me so I can credit the person. Maybe yeah, at the start. I, I will. I will. I'll find it. <laughs> yeah. So so you you played the system here at a convention. So that's a fantastic place, I, I I think, to start because right off the bat, you don't have to deal with the search of like, who in my friend group will be interested in this kind of nerdy thing? You're right, geek is currently chic, but still, it's still we're a, a, an outlier. We're still kind of a minority in the regard of like the vast majority of people don't play Dungeons and Dragons, so they should, or RPGs in general. But, you know, so you're still looking for people like, all right, who's kind of in this lane that I'm in? So when you're at a convention, you would think everybody there has a similar likes or has uh, open-mindedness uh, to play with you. And uh, there's also going to be a lot of people doing their first times at conventions as well, which I think was perfect. It worked out for you in that regard. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun doing that first game. Um, and I was just, I was so impressed by that DM. He, I mean, it was his game and he knew it. So therefore, you know, he, he knew all the little bits and pieces that he could do the best but i was also really impressed by the fellow players because you know they were all sort of young and awkward and they kind of shook all of that off and got really into the game and that's i guess that's also a testament to the game itself too that you know you can forget that you're with people that you don't know and that you're in a slightly uncomfortable situation and that it's cold in here and so on and so forth and, and just really get into doing whatever you're doing and solving whatever problem that you need to solve, which was we needed to break some princess out of a tower. Uh, it, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Now that you mentioned, I totally forgot. It is kind of cold in those halls. Yeah. I yeah. I think I was only wearing like a Gilmore t-shirt and, mm -hmm. and jeans. And I remember very, very uh, distinctly like in the middle of, of, of playing being like, I really should have stopped trying to show off my biceps. I really should have worn uh. a jacket. <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. Your Gilmore shirt was considerably tighter than mine. 
Um, and I, but I was wearing a, uh, a Mobocon hoodie, which I am also wearing right now, which is a lot of fun. So yeah, always bundle up kids before you go out there. Yes. D and D responsibly. But, mm-hmm. uh, Speaking of, since since we did kind of allude to it, uh, part of the reason we met and part of the reason you're here on this podcast is because of the, the chance meeting that you and I had both uh, intended to play another session, a, a game of actual proper Dungeons & Dragons 5e at that same convention. And uh, it turns out we were not the only ones with the same idea. If, if, no. any, if, 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 if I remember correctly, it was something like there was only like 11 tables available and there was something like uh maybe enough people to fit like 15 16 so yeah. the uh the guy mike uh who who runs the adventures league there who also were running these like intro to D just sessions where anybody can come in and, and try it out uh i was speaking to mike about it uh earlier in the convention and then i saw him again and i was like hey mike do you guys got a, enough people out here and he's like no i'm gonna have to turn away all these people and i kind of looked around and i'm like you know, uh, it's kind of one of those things about like when something bad happens, somebody goes, is there anybody a doctor? In conventions, <laughs> you can have that moment where it's like, is there anybody here who can run a game? Is anybody a GM? And uh, that's pretty much what happened. I was like, you know what, Mike, I'll, I'll take a table. If you if you got it, I'll, I'll run something. He's like, sure. Do you know any sort of adventure? And I was like, yeah, I vaguely remember one Adventures League adventure from a while ago. So then I turned around and I, I think I even spoke to you. I think I was like, well, guess what? I'm your DM. Everybody come with me. That's what happened. I can vouch for him. He's not making it up. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. If you weren't here, people would just think, hmm, I think this crazy uh, old man is just uh, <laughs> telling tales to his podcast. But uh, So what did you enjoy the most then about your first, maybe not your first, maybe just your first two or couple, however many sessions mm-hmm. you did over that convention? Um, what I enjoyed the most was how my character sort of developed without me even trying. Um, it, it was just by circumstance and because it was like, you know, in real life, your personality develops because of the things that happen to you and happen around you. You know, you've, you've got a certain set of traits that you're born with and then, you know, you've got the nature versus nurture, etc. Right. Um, you see that in D and D as well. Uh, my character that I played with you, I believe that was Harley. Both of those characters, by the way, have now turned into like, I've made whole backstories for them that have become just worlds of their own um, because I love them. I love them both so much. I would die for them. But the character I think I played with you was Bentley or Harley. That was Bentley. It wasn't Bentley. It was Bentley. Okay. I remember Um, Thief as well, right? (laughs) Halfling, I think, if I remember correctly. Halfling, Thief. Yeah, she was a halfling thief and had a klepto issue. Um, and I that has now turned into, you know, a, a part of her personality that I think is a lot more admirable than it used to be because I was just sort of, you know, pickpocketing wherever I could. And, you know, it was more of a, you know, how Sam Regal is playing his character now in um, Critical Role. Where you know, oh, I've, I can't help it. I've got the shakes. I gotta, I gotta just take a few things here and there. Um, it's more of a, you know, I'm going to take the things that I need, sort of thing. And the the lying stuff is more of a, I'm going to lie because I need to, and not because I can. Um, and because she's matured somewhat based on other things that have happened to her in other games, but. 
yeah, the, it's it's just been it it was just so cool just in that first session with Bentley, uh, how she went from being kind of ridiculous to actually helping the party um, by being able to slip in and out of places. And she saw her own usefulness, um, which was nice because she didn't really think very much of herself at the beginning or so, I believe. Um, so yeah, it, it was just so cool seeing that happen. And also, of course, you've got the communal aspect of you're working with other people. And, you know, while we were just being at that table, we weren't there for that long. We we somehow, all of us started working together, um, even though it was very clear that, you know, there were different play styles happening there. You know, it there wasn't any real clash between anyone um we all just wanted to work for the greater good and it was very it was just nice and wholesome <laughs> to see that it was it was you don't get to see that every day even if even when you're at work and you need to work together with people a lot of times it won't come together like it does in D D, um where the stakes are far lower <laughs> most of the time um so yeah yeah, and you know, it's funny you mentioned that about that table. And and by the way, you're making me seem like a greater greater DM than I really am. Um, oh, you did a great job. <laughs> you serious, seriously, honestly, guys, he did a fantastic job. I was so impressed. I told him Matt Mercer would be proud. Um, even at the end when we killed something, he said, how do you want to do this? And only I knew what he was talking about, but I was so excited that I screamed. Um, yeah, it, it was awesome. It was dope, you guys. So yeah, but I just props wanted to-, to you. I, I appreciate it. I just wanted to uh, though follow up on a, a thing you had said about you know having a table with different play styles or different people and in general. What I really am excited about, and I've had the opportunity to talk to somebody who's been playing uh, for twenty plus years at my regular Monday game. Yeah. One of my players has been here for you know here and as in playing this game uh, Dungeons and Dragons for quite a long time. So I get to kind of poke his brain a little bit and be like, you know, so what was it like starting out? You know, how do you think it's like now? What do, what do you like about anything from mechanics to just the culture surrounding it? And I remembered very distinctly and I was very happy to have that game. I had, I believe, three females in that game, two men. I think mm-hmm. one had just gotten back into D&T recently. I think three of you, uh, I think all the girls were new. And yeah, we then, all yeah, and and then and then I think the 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 second guy was new-ish, but also just like and you know for me this is kind of very important in my games. It's also just the diversity of uh, lifestyles and perspectives and things like that. There's the age difference, mm-hmm. obviously, oh, one yeah. of the the gentleman being an, an older gentleman. There was you know a racial difference. So there was an Asian American mm-hmm. there. Uh, I I forget exactly what the two girls were. I think they might have been Caucasian. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know Kim, you, you're I believe African American, correct? I am. Okay. Yep. So, so, and you know, I'm Eastern European, if that counts for anything. Uh, so, <laughs> so like that's not the image you think of where there's more women players than guy players at a table, Dungeons and Dragons, at least from that, you know, the time of the satanic scare. And of course the eighties <laughs> though, I, I, we're seeing that slowly change. Thanks to obviously shows like Dungeon, uh, sorry, uh, Critical Role and uh, Dice Camera Action, and then shows like Str- uh, Stranger Things, which ironically enough was mm. in Atlanta where they, they filmed. So there's that kind of D&D connection thread there too. So I was really happy mm-hmm. about seeing how you guys all kind of work together. And though you had the disparate different uh, levels of experience with role-playing games, I think you all picked it up really quickly and very quickly also like 
surprisingly got into character and cared about the the characters which again spoiler alert i was running off of little to no information this is complete improv from my 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 point and you all kind of yes and and you played along with me which i really appreciated too yeah it was a lot of fun so you know you've had your first few sessions now and you've had an opportunity to, to play uh do you have a current running campaign are you trying to get into one and if not well, why not are you what sort of things are uh, preventing you from doing that if i may press uh, you? uh you can press me my time is the biggest issue you, that long list of things that i said at the top that i do i really do do all of that on uh, you know every week um i i have a lot of business i have a lot of work which is great i want to have a lot of work but it also means i don't have a ton of time to commit to playing so um i have been looking for just one-off games here and there to play on uh roll 20 i've been looking on there uh for groups to play with and you know you've got to make up your character sheet you've got to do this and that to start and you want to have the best experience possible so um that's basically been my my biggest issue is the the time and the preparation that I feel like I need to do before I go into something um now that I've got both Harley and Bentley I've got you know really good I've got them both flushed out really well in my head um I feel like I can play them just about any time um, or one of them just about any time, but it's just a matter of actually finding time to sit down and actually find a group and then play with that group um, is the is the biggest issue. Yeah, and I'm glad you actually mentioned prep because, you know, obviously the game masters are all about prep because we need to know the rules or set the scenarios up or anticipate what the parties are going to do. But for anybody who's uh, starting out or thinking about starting out uh, on a campaign, especially, um, it's good to have the uh, kind of foresight to think like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, how much time can I really commit? What with all my other work obligations and family obligations, etc. And also, um, who am I going to play with? And do I like that dynamic as well? You know, you played in the convention, so you, you kind of already had, you kind of cheated by having a, already the subsection of the world that's kind of into this stuff already there <laughs> around you. But, mm. you know, for anybody else starting, typically you start with like a friend or two who you trust, and then maybe you pull from your friend group. But a lot of people end up going online to, like you mentioned, Roll20 is a great online app, Fantasy Grounds are great online apps to where you can go and meet random people. Or when you're trying IRL, then you kind of have to put yourself out there and, you know, try to meet somebody who's a complete stranger to you. So I always say this to anybody who's looking to play. One of the first things you should probably do before you ever actually begin playing is, you know, obviously you're finding either players or GM or whatever. Is also have kind of like a, like, just lunch or dinner date with all the people just to talk about like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm into. This is my availability, work out logistics. And then also see like, do you like these people? Because it's kind of like mm. a, a job interview for me. Whenever I, I bring a player into my game or I start a campaign, I have these lunches or dinners and I pretty much treat it like a job interview. And I figure out like what I want to spend three hours every week with this person, what I want to give up three hours of my time 
to spend mm. with this person because if they don't seem like somebody you want to spend time with or maybe their wishes like if they want to play like a dungeon crawling kill things get loot i don't care about rp type of thing and let's say you have a theater background or you really want to delve into in your case a very established two characters that you have you're going to be disappointed in that game and you know i've been in games where that there was that miscommunication and i really wanted to talk about this awesome backstory of my monk and nobody cared because they just wanted to beat the dragon <laughs> and i was like oh poor way shin oh poor way shin yeah so that's yeah, a fantastic yeah. thing oh, go ahead sorry no i, I was just gonna say you know uh, I'm I'm not committed to just playing with my two characters, by the way. Um, you know, one of the reasons why it takes me a while sometimes when I'm trying to do my research is that I'm trying to make new characters. I'm trying to do new things because there's so much to do with Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like that's another sort of barrier for me. Um, not really a barrier. It's it's an exciting barrier. Um, but there's so much that I have to learn, it feels like. Um, and even though I've played the game a few times now and I've enjoyed it every single time, I still feel like I still feel brand new and I, I want to know more, but I also need to commit to learning more and, you know, stuff that will eventually become second nation to me. I know, but it's going to take hours and hours of play for that to happen. Um, and I don't know, I'm excited about that. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> and that's fantastic. And there's there's this kind of um me personally, I, I I'm I, I sweat kind of the technical aspects of D D a little bit less than most DMs, I think, because of the fact that I come from the perspective of the DM is there to serve the party. And, you know, I'm here to serve these people who are coming in every day and giving me three hours of their time. So I think they want to feel like heroes. I think they obviously want to have obstacles. They just don't want to come in and have everything succeed. So I'll put that in there. I think they want to run through more emotions than just victory. So I'll put that in there. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm here to facilitate their fun. So I usually don't ask them to, like, memorize the player's handbook and know all your rules and always know all your abilities i mean after it you know i've been in my monday games two and a half years so if somebody doesn't know their abilities after two and a half years i'm like dude come on but like usually usually i'll even let that slide because I, I understand you know life everything going on you might be tired when we play so uh that's that's gonna happen as well but one of the things i i, I really want to know now is also like are you some person uh, are you somebody who enjoys kind of dissecting a system and looking at like analytical innards of it because you know dnd is a great system 5e is a great system but there's also other systems which like if you're really into the nuts and bolts of it that would be perfect for that type of mentality unfortunately i am absolutely not um i i've never been the type to love um you know highly complex systems like that i like watching all of that come together I think that's fantastic, um, but I'm here. I'm mostly here for the RP and for occasionally hitting stuff and doing stuff as a group together. Um, you know, I'll play it basically. Um, I, I know the things that I need to know in order to play my character well. I'm not looking to ever. I don't think I'm ever going to be a DM. Um, or a GM. I don't think that's ever anything that I could possibly get into. And I think that I'd I will always probably play a pretty simple character who hits stuff hard and backs off. Or, you know, I when I played MMOs, you know, video games, when I played MMOs, I never played a healer because it was always so complex. There, there were too many buttons. I just want to get through it and enjoy the game 
um, for me, which is RPing, because um, I would do that too. I was one of those RP people, and wow. Um, so yeah, it, that that's kind of my my role in this. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's no right answer, no need to uh, mm-hmm. apologize. Uh, what I love about this kind of renaissance now of tabletop gaming, it's for anybody who's listening, if there's a system out there that you're not enjoying, if 5e is too uh, stripped down for you and it seems too vague, there's very specific, very meticulous systems for that are more like combat-heavy, like Pathfinder, or the inverse, if you want something that's uh, a little bit uh, more um, assisting to your role-playing, things like that, there's a fantastic system called Open Legend, which uh, I think the Twitch channel Hyper, RP, R, Hyper RPG does a bunch of open legend games there as well, as well as there's fantastic shows that uh, use open legend such as a Zelda RPG called Realms of the Wild and things like that. But so like depending on what you want, and also we're talking a lot of high fantasy stuff. But if you're more into cyberpunk stuff, if you're more into sci-fi things, there's all sorts of great systems for that, and there's even systems that are just general GURPS. G-U-R-P-S is a general system that can be used universally for all sorts of role-playing. So you can play any sort of, you can do a Western off of it, you can do high fantasy, you can do sci-fi, you can do horror based off these systems as well. So uh, the thing I'm trying to uh, kind of kind of push is, if you don't like the system, but you but there's obviously merit and you want to keep doing RPGs, start looking around. This is kind of a, a beautiful renaissance time and there's usually a system that you'll probably enjoy. Sounds good. Moving on to some uh, other other things that I just wanted to ask you about is ultimately, uh, what do you think it is about role playing that people love so much, and why there's this big resurgence? Because I know you mentioned a very creative background, and you know VO as well as writing and things like that. So I, you know, I think it's safe to assume you're a creative person just intuitively, uh, natively, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So. So what is it about that then that makes you fall in love? Is is it just because it's an extension of your creativity and lets you just do that now, but also act it out? Um, part of that is is true. You know, there's the good old fashioned escapism that you get. Um, uh, that it, there's nothing like immersing yourself in a different world for three hours to make you come back and also enjoy your world a little bit more. Um, you know, at least we don't have dragons here, you know, so many things may be going wrong in your life, but, you know, you can go for a a few, a few hours, a few minutes, whatever, however much time you have and just RP something. And it's nice. Um, I, I think there's nothing wrong with escapism as long as it's done, you know, like anything in moderation, and uh, I think that's my big thing for role playing. That's I've got a lot of different things that I can use as a creative outlet. Um, but for role playing, it's trying on just trying on somebody else's skin, trying to be somebody else that I try, trying to look at other parts of my personality that I hadn't really thought about before. You know, why am I attracted to this kind of a character? Even though it's completely, you know, I, I play a thief. I'm nothing like that in real life. I, I don't have a substance abuse problem. I don't, um, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> just letting you know, I, I don't, I don't steal things. I don't have all kinds of issues that these characters do. So why do I love to play them? Um, and why do I love to sort of research all of that and find out more about it? And it's, it's. 
it's learning more about yourself. And, you know, if, if anything, if my life took a really different turn, would I end up like this? Eh, probably not, but you can play around with it. Um, it's consequence free mostly. Uh, it's, it's nice. I like that. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, you know, when you looked at your thief and you're like, I'm nothing like this. Where does this come from? <laughs> you know, I, there's an argument that can be kind of had that, you know, uh, it's, it, you're always, every character is just a reflection of yourself. So any, any sort of character you create is, is just pulling out a, a, a part of yourself, which is funny because I had a, one of my players in my Monday game who DMs as well, ironically enough. Um, uh, we, we were just chatting about it. And I think he's played with me for years. So it's been like three or four characters he's been through. And I think one time we were talking about character creation and I, and I kind of told him because I'm, you know, on the outside looking in, I'm like, you know, you really uh, tend to play characters regardless of whether they're good or bad that have a strong moral code at all times. You never play chaotic characters. And he kind of stops and he thinks it over for like 30 seconds. He goes, damn it, you're right. All these times I thought I had all these different characters, but I'm like, but there's that one thread throughout all of them. And I go, well, that's just who you are. Every character is ultimately a reflection of yourself. So when, when, you, when you play with people for a long, mm-hmm. long enough time, you can actually, again, this is when you're looking from outside in, you can actually start to pinpoint like, oh, I know that's, you know, one of my characters, uh, one of my players' name's Austin. I know an Austin character because they're usually crutchety, and and uh, kind of stubborn assholes. He just loves the wow. crutchy, stubborn asshole things. <laughs> no, and, and, wow. and we've said it out loud, and we all kind of laugh about it. Like he he'll play an old wizard who's a who's a crutchy asshole. He'll play a uh, a tiefling bard uh, uh, named Memphis Toffelees, which is great. His mm. first name's Memphis, last Very name Toffelees. That was I love the pun game was amazing on that. Who's a bit of an asshole, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Austin, you you like to play these types of characters. It's kind of funny. We all kind of notice that in and of our, of our characters and stuff. So, th- again, that's a reflection of your uh, who you are as a person, and it's oh, fun to on. look at that. I want to make it clear: I am not a thief. Well, at, no, no, I don't, mean, I'm there, not I don't mean. I don't mean. <laughs> sorry, Don. Okay, <laughs> I'm uh, not, for the FBI Ken. who is listening in, I am not stealing. Just FYI. I'm also, for the FBI who's listening in, could you help me figure out my password for those Bitcoin that I have lying around? I oh, oh, I've to... got that. <laughs> oh, you've got, got that. that. Okay. Oh, 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 I mean, I don't steal. I don't steal. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Go on. No, no, no. I was, I wasn't implying that you're, you're a thief. I was just implying somewhere in there is is an interest in something like that. Somewhere in there is is, is an aspect of you that's either in, it, it attracted to the thought of like, well, this is unlike me, or this is mm-hmm. something that that seems fun and totally different, and radical, and and that's why I, well, that's why I mentioned the things I do. Oh and, yeah. And funny enough, you mentioned that you you don't think you could ever DM. I don't know. Like I feel like anybody can DM. Ultimately, it's just one of those things to where you, you just got to do it. You know, uh, trademark Nike. Just do it. Just try it. Just BS it and come up with it and see how you react. And then you know, you know, I think you'll enjoy it. I think everybody should try it at least yeah. once. And then if it doesn't work, then be like, all right, I'm a player forever. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that I'll I'll try to DM at some point because knowing me, you know, this is. You know, as we've mentioned earlier, this has been a slow burn for me. Um, I've loved D and D deep inside for a long time, but I've never actually gotten into it. And I think that once I really have some time to latch on really hard to D and D, I think that at one point I will probably DM. But at this point, at this point in my um, D and D career. Uh, the whole idea of it just sounds so unappealing <laughs> right now. I, I just want to get in and let somebody else take the wheel for just a little bit because I have 
I have so much responsibility in my real life already. I'd rather just let somebody else kind of drive and, you know, see what, see what kind of things they put in front of me and then solve those problems. Um, I like doing that. Completely respectable. And I actually agree with a lot of those sentiments, uh, despite the fact that I DM three games and I'm a freaking <laughs> madman. Uh, it's an obsession. I, I, I'm the one with the addictive uh, personality <laughs> here. It's my smack. No. Um, oh, oh, wow. That's oh, incredible. That's, that's that actually it's not too far off i I think i think i think i probably should wean off of off of all these games but Mm -hmm. uh so so any any kind of parting thoughts here any things you were thinking about any questions you 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 feel like need to be asked or answered about your rpg experience i mean i hope you i know you're slow burn but I, i hope that you catch fire soon and you really get to play and have a good time yeah i hope so too i i deeply hope so you know with the new season of critical role coming through um that's been enough to you know get me excited about D again um and just seeing more and more people know what the heck i'm talking about and not you know make fun of me when <laughs> i talk about D has been pretty great you know you still have people who are going to do that um in your life or at least i do and um you know, screw them. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm having fun. That's always kind of been my motto for just about everything that I've done. Somebody has made fun of it because they're haters. And, um, and some of it has been ridiculous, but it's fun. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to get into more games soon. I'm hoping to start doing um, a regular game soon. It's just, you know, the stars have got to align and I've got to uh, get my work stored you know, sort of sorted out and then I'll be able to do a little bit more in the whole D and D universe. But I'm just so glad that I found it. Like, I'm so glad that I got into it to the extent that I've gotten into it now. Um, It's nice to know that I can retreat to a different world for a little while. It's nice to know that I can have these friends who really, really love this thing that I love too. Um, That's just so cool. So, yeah, that that's all that I really have to say about it. I love D&D, and I'm glad that it's in my life now. No better place than right there. Kim, you've been a fantastic guest. If anybody wants to contact you or follow you, where should they go? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is at Kim Newsom. Um, that's my verified one. My other one is at Mostly Biscuit. Um, or you can follow me on Twitch. Um, and my handle there is mostly biscuit. So thank you. And as you all know, I'm your lovely Don. You can find me at classy underscore Don. You can obviously listen to this podcast on Podbean. It's my RPG podcast Thank you for listening. And I will see you at the table. Mm-hmm.